Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. We have survived the global scourge that is pumpkin spice season. Now, hello, cinnamon spice. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine. It is November. Yeah. And on this week's show, we've got a special extra long one. Uh, Rich Esserman is back with me, and we take on a couple of topics that may help you uh, define and refine your uh, pipe purchasing methods and, you know, how you, uh, how you figure out which pipe you're going to like. So we talk about that and uh, differences in pipes. So you get uh, me and Rich for uh, the normal pipe parts and the uh, guest segment all that so uh, also remember if you are uh, if you have any questions for the ask the tobacconist we will have uh, Jeremy Reeves and I will be recording some segments so please email those to me Brian B-R-I-A-N at pipesmagazine.com remember there are no stupid questions there are only stupid answers and people who say stupid questions and uh, the host of this show Uh, no just kidding Uh, so whatever questions you've wanted to ask Jeremy feel free fire them in and we'll get those uh, recorded for you I promise Uh, also uh, if you have any topics that you would like uh, Rich and I to cover uh, Rich has agreed to come back on a monthly basis so Uh, Or maybe a more than monthly or less than monthly, depending on his uh, free time. So you can uh, you can send us that. Uh, Did you get a chance to um, trick or treat or go out or did you have kids come by? Yeah. Uh, So our house is way in the back of the neighborhood. And, you know, it was about an average year. Nothing special. Weather was pretty good. But, uh, yeah, it was about an average year for us. Nothing, uh, nothing outrageous. Wish more kids and more families would make it all the way to the back of our house, but yeah, or the back of the neighborhood. But you know, hey, that's just the way it is. So more candy for me to keep at home and not eat and look at and not have and want. But anyway, all right. So enough of that. Let's get the show rolling. Everybody, sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. are back on the pipes magazine radio show and by popular demand and when i mean demand i mean rich i don't know this is this is unusual for you where people want to hear you talk but uh, uh the the rich is back in town rich esserman welcome back uh glad to have you for this um unstructured conversation that has a little bit of a structure to it right exactly i like unstructured i'm very unstructured as according to my wife very very unstructured (laughs) yeah that's what she told me um (laughs) so you know last time you were on you turned the tables on me and then we had a you know we had this is this is going to be much more of a discussion instead of me asking you questions, you answering questions, and so on and so on. Uh, but I thought, you know, and of course, I, I emailed you two topics in advance for you to digest and think mm-hmm. about. But I think this would be really important for a lot of our listeners, both uh, brand new and seasoned pipe smokers, because I'm not sure how I do this. But when I look at pipes, and and again, this is gonna, yeah, this is gonna be kind of tough for some people because most pipe sales are done on the internet now, and they're done by photograph, and 
you know, you don't actually get to really see and touch the pipes in person. But if you're at a pipe show or you're in a pipe shop and you're looking at a range of, you know, Dunhills or Costellos or uh, Sir Jacopo's or even, you know, or Peterson's or Savinelli's, whatever the brand is, you might run into pipes that are basically the same same finish and same shape number, right? Uh, but yet each individual pipe is going to have its own unique characteristics. So have you personally figured out a way that when you're looking at a run of pipes like that or an assortment of pipes, which one is going to work better for you? You know, which one do you think will be a better smoking pipe for you? How do you figure that out? Well, that's a, I'll take this in sort of two parts because that's not a tough question, but it's a question that you have to handle differently. As you mentioned, when you go to a pipe show mm-hmm. and you can literally pick it up, look at it, put a pipe cleaner through it or whatever versus online where you, where you can get a sense of what you're looking at. It's a sense of what the pipes are, but until you hold it in your hand, you're not really sure. Yeah. So, so a pipe show is a little more direct in this of what I do because the first thing I'm looking for, of course, is if I see a, a bunch of pipes, I'm looking for, let's say, a particular shape. So one of the things is, and, I, and I'll go back, and people don't really do this too much anymore, where, you know, let's say they collect Dunhill ODAs and 840s, which are the big bents. They're, they're bigger bents. And, you know, I would, in the old days, I would look at, let's say, uh, every show I'd go to, I'd search them out. So I look at maybe 100 or 200 of them. Yeah. And then I would, I would say, wow, I'm beginning to get a sense of what's a really good one versus what's an average one versus what's a bad one. So the first thing, of course, that I'm looking for is, is the shape that I'm looking at appealing? Mm-hmm. Okay, so so let's say let's say there's let's use Petersons because Petersons right now are extremely popular, um, and they're a good example because they're actually uh, have been their sandblasting has really come along in yeah. the last year or two, a dramatic way. So let's say I'm looking for a Christmas pipe. So they have different examples of it. So I'm looking for one where the shape. Is, is to my liking. So there might be two or three different kinds of bents. So what do I want? I want a pot bent, I want a tall bent, I want a billiard bent, whatever. Then I would I would sort of pick which one seems to be my favorite visual because if you don't like it visually, it doesn't matter about anything else. Right. It could be the greatest straight grain, black, whatever, but if you're not, if it doesn't visually appeal to you, that's what you do. And then the next thing I look for is, so let's say it was a bend. I begin to look at the, at the, at the stem because all stems are bent, handmade. They're all hand bent. And I would look to see if, if, if it's the right bend. Some people don't like over bends. Some, that's where the stem is, is not parallel, but it's bent downward. Some people like yeah. under bends where the, the stem sort of goes sort of straighter up. And then there's a one that's where it's parallel to to the to any surface that you put the pipe on, uh, and I would say which one do I like in particular? So I try to find a bent that would look like that, and then let's say it's a sandblast. Now, as you mentioned, Brian, all sandblasts are very unique. Yeah, you know they're different. So I'm looking for ones that have first of all, I want to have complete coverage. I like to have a sandblast that there's no soft spots in it. Where you know you can see like three quarters of the bowl is a great blast and the other quarter is not. Does those kind of things bother you? See, so you really have to understand what's going to bug you and what isn't going to bug you. Can you deal with so, the little spot that looks like a moon crater on the side of a sandblast? And do you like that look? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point, Brian, because the, the, that's the issue. What kind of sandblast are you looking for? See, I'm of the old school where I'm looking for sandblasts that have great character. I like, they don't have to be perfect. They don't have to be a perfect straight grain or whatever it is or perfect ring grain. But I like a blast when I look at it. It's interesting. 
I'm not going to get bored with it. That to me is very, very critical. So once I discover, and, and, and then you can view, you can, like the Petersons, they have hundreds and hundreds on smoking pipes, for instance. You know, you just pag- paginate down and you see, oh, these two or three are really, they really look like a better blast. And then you got to wait till it comes in. Now, if I was at a pipe show, I'd be looking at things like, oh, let me look at the bowl interior. I can sort of tell, you know, by looking at a bowl, whether or not the, the chamber, whether or not the chamber is going to actually be right for me or not. I can't describe it. I only know from experience by looking at chambers. And then I look for, you know, is the draft hole through the shank? Is it at the bottom of the bowl? Is it off to the side, which doesn't bother me too much? But is it high? These are the kind of things that you can see at a pipe show that you can't really see. Well, and some of the stuff that you're talking about is stuff that you can do when you, if you buy a new pipe and you, and you, you know, and it gets shipped to you, you can look at this before you smoke it, which would be before the return policy gets voided out. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, so you can look at that. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it's great if you can, if you can sit there and look at, you know, two of this year's Peterson Christmas pipes side by side, you can pick the one that's a little more appealing to you. Um, does weight of the pipe matter to you? If you if one feels a little a little lighter than the other one, does that matter to you at all? Well, generally, uh, for the average person, it would matter. But I mean, for me. I'll, 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 I'll get out of my magnum pipe mode, which it really, it, yeah. it, magnum pipe mode, it only matters on the, on the, on the highest end that you can imagine. In other words, if a pipe weighs more than, which sounds kind of wacky, uh, 12 ounces <laughs> or a pound. Like I remember picking up a, a, a Sir Jacopo that was a beautiful pipe. I loved it. It was just gorgeous. It was a big apple, five max. This is many years ago. I picked it up. It was like, wait, wait, did I pick up a pipe or a stone? That's how heavy it was. So, you know, the thing is, if you're going to hold it in your mouth, I know that some guys, if the pipe is, let's say, more than, I don't know, 70 grams or something, it's NG. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm talking about the average the average person, which is not me. Um, and, and so you got to really sort of pay attention to that if, that, if that bugs you. A lot of people... Of course, like to hold uh, their pipes in their mouth for long periods of time, and they want to have it. Uh, they want to have it so they can do that. And for me, it's not. It's it's an irrelevancy because I only handhold my pipes, regardless of the shape or the size or whatever. So weight per se doesn't bother me. But for other people that I've talked to, many of my friends, weight is critical. Yeah. So if if it's too heavy then you're not going to enjoy that pipe either. Let's so take it. Put it down. Let's take, let's take a break right here. And when we come back, I'll, I want to ask you about density of briar too, because that will affect it. So uh, stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. This is internet radio. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And like you, there can only be one Savinelli. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show with uh, Rich Esserman hanging out, and we're we're talking about uh, we're talking about weight now, um, of which neither one of us is doing pretty good with our diets, probably. So, hey, hey, hey no. Oh, okay, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, so yeah, and, and we're when we're talking about specific weight of a pipe, uh, you know, sometimes I when I'm looking at pipes. And I've seen, you know, thousands of pipes. Uh, sometimes I, I want to lean towards what I think is, if I'm looking at an identical run of pipes, approximate size and shape, you know, Dunhill Billiard, the, the 4103 was kind of, 
you know, kind of my shape for a while. And then the, was it the 3111? Was that the, uh, or the, the 111 was the Lovat? If I was looking at those, I always thought that if the pipe was pretty much the same, if the pipe was pretty much the same size, I wanted the lighter one because I thought the briar was going to be less dense and would be more tolerant to heat as opposed to the more the heavier one that was where I felt like the wood was maybe more dense maybe you know maybe it came from a block that was uh you know that had tighter rings together so it would be a little denser wood and it would be less tolerant to heat so does that make any sense to you or am I just picking stuff up to try to make it <laughs> to try to make excuses yeah. It sounds good, Brian. I like that idea. No, thank you. You know, it's funny. Years ago, I was talking to, and I forget who it was. It was a pipe maker, or a pipe a person that did. Anyway, they were talking about female and male briar. J.T. Cook, maybe. Yeah. Um, and and the female briar was um, was lighter, I believe, and the and the male briar is heavier. Now. What this all means, I have no idea. But one thing I've noticed, though, and I've talked to a lot of pipe repair guys, is that sometimes a lot of the lighter weight briar is actually, it's actually a little, I'll call it, I'll use the word weaker. Mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean it's going to burn out, but it may be susceptible to cracking. Okay. So I want to get into a minute what that means and whether that's how, how important that is. But the but the denser wood was less susceptible to that kind of damage, if possible. So if you're smoking a smaller pipe, and there isn't a heck of a lot of wood, and you're you're smoking, puffing away, it's more possible, from what I understand, to like maybe damage it. Okay. And and with a, with a denser wood, it's it's less likely. Also, lighter wood may have a different. Um, Blasting if it's blasted, which I, which we were talking about, it may have a different blasting characteristic. I've noticed on a lot of big pieces where the where the graining is very dense, um, that those generally tend to be like a little lighter in weight, believe it or not. So it's it's a it's a toss up as to you know which one I would go for. I, most people would go for the lighter one. Let's be honest. You know, I I mean I would. I would be hesitant if, if there were two or three pieces that looked very similar, but one was significantly lighter in weight, I'd go with the lighter one almost every time, unless there was something that I didn't like about the pipe. You know, to me, that that's critical. Yeah, and I guess but, if if a pipe is, if, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll pick on the, uh, the Peterson Christmas pipe, because while we're recording this, I pulled these up. This is the... Uh, 2021 edition it's the sherlock holmes heritage baskerville with fishtail uh i opened up six of these and the measurements are all pretty darn tootin' close uh there's one of them that is three grams heavier than the other five and so now we're talking that it weighs 73 grams versus 70 grams for the other ones so we're Mm -hmm. you know we're, we're talking about a very small difference but it does make sense when you talk about that the lighter, you know, the lighter pieces may have a more propensity to cracking or fissuring or stuff like that because they just don't have the density of the of the grain. They don't have the density of the block anymore. So there may be actual little air pockets in there that, yeah, you know, that maybe are making the pipe lighter. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, but the thing is. Again, and, I, and I'm going to get into the, that the, what I call fissuring or whatever. I mean, because you know, people look at things happen. It's wood. I don't, I don't like it, but things happen. So, but the thing is, you could easily. I was talking to a guy the other day who got in a beautiful pipe, and there was some kind of, I don't know what, there was some kind of flaw or something on the inside of the pipe, and it. He said, "But it's a marvelous piece." So what I did was. My own position is I, I, when it comes to something like that, you know, if you're careful, you can cake over just about anything. It doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. And what I do is I tell them just to take honey. My, my techniques are very simple. I take honey and put it on 
the 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 area. No cigar ash. People say, "Well, mix it with cigars." No, no. Yeah. Just take the honey, put it there, and let it sit for overnight. And what it'll be is it's not going to dry completely. It never does. It's supposed to be sticky, but it's dried out enough. And when he smoked it, it smoked great. He said he couldn't taste the honey. There's not nothing. He smokes a, a Latakia mixture, and then after now he's been smoking for quite some time, and he loves the pipe. So it's so it's safe in that regard. I mean, to me that that's the that's an important point, you know, to to be able to uh, to save a great piece so you can enjoy it. Yeah, and that and that fish ring you think was either I mean that's something that I've seen before, and you know you get the inside of the bowl and it looks like a reverse spider web all inside of it. And, <laughs> You know, I always thought maybe it was somebody, you know, somebody probably smoked the pipe so hot that they burned away some of the softer wood inside and left the harder wood. But, you know, again, we're talking about, we're not talking millimeters deep. We're talking just real thin crazing in there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's millimeter, if the pipe is severely damaged, you could still fix it. That's when you use the pipe mud or whatever it is. You fill the hole in, you, you, you make it so that it's solid, and then... You know, you can save a piece, yeah. but sometimes just the wood itself. And that's why. That's why the, the, we. I'm not going to get into discussion right this second, but maybe later in the conversation. Uh, that's why people like to the pipe makers use a coating on their bowl mm -hmm. to to help prevent this kind of stuff, which can happen automatically in any pipe whatsoever. Um, regardless, because a, a pipe may look beautiful, and then within a, a, a 32nd or 64 of an inch right below the surface, there's there's some kind of flaw that could cause a crack or something like that. You know, so that that's why they do it, and that's why I don't mind it if it's good stuff that they use. It's not, you can't taste it. But, but again, getting back to weight, so to me, three grams is nothing. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't make a difference. Now, now, if the pipe was, let's say, one pipe was 83 grams, Versus 70 grams. That's a huge difference. You know, that could make a difference in whether or not that pipe's comfortable for you to hold in your mouth, if you're holding mouth, put in your mouth. Yeah, but then you might think at the same time that that 83-gram one might be more dense and it would be better based off of what you said before. That's true. Again, But again, a lot of it has to do with, with how you smoke. These are the kind of things that, you know, I, I mean, I've, I, I talked to hundreds and hundreds of people over the years, thousands probably, and I, and I still, you know, we have our Zoom group and other, and other groups, and, and I like to talk to different people. I like to hear what they have to say because what I try to do is try to understand what people are doing that are obviously different than what I'm doing because very few people smoke the gigantic pipes. <laughs> and really understand and say, look, okay, so I, I've talked to eight people who like to hold it in their mouth. What are the characteristics? When, when, do, they, when do they smoke? I have one uh, friend who smokes while composing music. Mm -hmm. And he wants to have his pipes hang in a certain way. And believe it or not, some of the pipes can be hang too much. <laughs> and they, they get in his way. So, so the issue, the issue is knowing and understanding what it is you like. And that comes from just experience and experimenting around and really is, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta really understand that when you're looking at pipes. Yeah. And you gotta also understand that when you're, you know, when you're looking at all these, like these Petersons that we just looked at, you know, there are minor differences to each pipe because even though they're factory made, they're still made out of natural materials and you're going to have little variations between it. There might be a little thing that's, you know, that they had to modify the shape a little bit for, or just the actual wood itself is going to be slightly different. Yeah, no, no, it's true. And I, you know, I mean, I've, I've had like, um, uh, you know, I, I like to collect Costellos. I like smoking Costellos. I think they're a great pipe. You know, they're, they may be expensive compared to some other ones, but less, a lot less expensive than some of the, the high-end Danish makers. But <laughs> they have series. They have the, uh, used to be when there was the RTDA show, the retailer dealer show, and then when it became the International Premium Cigar Show, whatever it is, now they don't have any show. 
but they would make a series of 20. So what am I looking for? I would, first of all, I would try to get as many, as many photos of the pipes as I could. You know, I would talk to maybe three, four different dealers and try to see what they got. And, you know, again, what I'm looking for when it comes to that and, and maybe what other people are looking for, like, like if you said, all right, you got these Peterson Sherlock Holmes pipes. I don't think there are any that were natural. I don't believe so. Yeah, but I don't think so. Is there some? No, I think they were all kind of a darker stain. More. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the naturals are they're 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 much more. You know, I think they price them a lot higher than these pipes. But with Costello, you're getting a series. So you might get a series all the way from a great wine Fiumata to a Sea Rock. You know, all within a twenty pipe range. So what am I looking for? Well, I like sandblasts. So I'm looking for like a natural sandblast, or I'm looking for a natural carve because I also like carve finishes. So that's the kind of thing that you know that that would make a big difference. I'd much prefer to have a natural carved piece than a black carved piece because black carved pieces are very ordinary unless that black carved piece has something very extraordinary about it, like it's another half an inch taller than every other one in the series. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, uh, let's take our last break right here. When we come back, um, we'll uh, we'll pick on the stems for a minute. So uh, stay with us more uh, more with Rich and me in just a moment. My name is Shane Ireland, and I'm the pipe manager at SmokingPipes.com. It's my job to source and select the absolute best pipes from all over the world. We take collecting seriously, so you should think of us as your team of personal pipe shoppers. When you browse our site and make your selection, the pipe you've picked out has traveled from the maker to our merchandising and quality control department. It was then given to our highly skilled photographers, videographers, and copywriters before being carefully and lovingly packaged by our shipping team. The pipe you see is the pipe you get, and it's just the one you've been searching for. Whether you're on the hunt for that next special piece to add to your collection or would simply like a recommendation from our extensive selection of tobaccos, give us a call at 1-888-366-0345 and our friendly experts will be glad to assist you. We are quality. We are experts. We are collectors. We are SmokingPipes.com. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, uh, hanging out with uh, Rich Esserman. And Rich, before we go on to the second question for this week, because <laughs> we're on, right, uh, you mentioned it early on that the stem that you know when you're looking at a run of pipes out of a factory or something that the bend might be slightly different between them, or the stem finish. Yeah, you know, that's something else that I pay attention to because. Uh, the stem is really important to me because I'm a clencher and I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not holding tree logs in my face or walking around with them like you are. Uh, but that stem is really important. So you want to make sure that, you know, those little minor details of the stem are the way you want them. And some might vary over others. Correct. Uh, that's a good point. And a Rainer Barbie, the late Rainer Barbie, who was a great pipe maker. Uh, he and I had many, many conversations, and he wrote about many different things, and he was very, the stem, how important the stem is to the pipe, because that's the thing that that you're putting in your mouth. I mean, you're holding, you may be smoking the bowl, but if the stem is uncomfortable, I don't care what the pipe looks like, you're not going to be happy with it. Yeah. So, you know, with Peterson's, Lynn, I'm, I'm just thinking with Peterson's because, again, they're very popular. You can buy them. You can get hundreds. They offer hundreds, thousands of them all over the place. You go to the Internet, you can see three or 400 at any given time. Uh, but the question is, do you like a Peterson lip? Yeah. So, in my opinion, um, you know, I have a couple. I've, I've owned Peterson's, many Peterson's in the past. But I, I, I got special ones like straight grains and gold spigots and so on. Uh, but the thing that I do now is I, I like magnums. So I was very fortunate to get two magnums. I mean, these are big pipes. These are 
One of them is almost four inches tall. Uh, <laughs> and, and it has a Peterson lip. And originally when I first, when I got the first one, I was very concerned because I figured, hmm, Peterson lip, uh, am I going to like it? And I don't, I don't mind it at all. I honestly don't. I don't want every pipe to have a Peterson lip. But for some, it bothers them. And I know people that collect Petersons, but they only collect the fishtails. Now, in fishtail language, fishtail Peterson means it's a standard lip. Yeah. Fishtail in Dunhill means that the that the lip is like uh, going out from the side. It's it's wider at the end, and that's a true fishtail because it looks like a fishtail. But you know that that's the whole point is is you got you got to figure out. What is it that you like? Now, the thing is also, some pipe makers make a pipe with a larger lip. Mm-hmm. Some pipe makers make a pipe with a smaller lip. A lip is important because if you're clenching and the lip's too thin, it's not going to be comfortable and it may slip out of your mouth, which I've seen before. Or, you know, you just got to hold it. You got to push it back into your mouth too much to hold it because the lip isn't firm enough for a good grasp. So you got to get more of the stem, which means that you can bite the stem, which means all kinds of stuff. So you that, know. so that's a good transition into the next question. Uh, because, or the, the next topic, uh, and, and I'm, I'm going to phrase this as how can, you know, how can we help, uh, newer, you know, uh, pipe smokers that haven't seen as many pipes as we have, how can we help them by identifying pipes that they may like, you know, just by looking at them in online or by walk, you know, when the, when the world gets back to normal and we're all able to go to pipe shows, um, what are some tips that you can give to people to help identify if that pipe is going to work for them or not? You know, what are those little things that you can just do by looking at picking up and touching the pipe? and figure out if that's going to be better or not, you know, better for you or not. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot depends. Are we talking about artesian pipes? Are we talking about uh, factory pipes? Um, you know, that, that, that would make a difference. Yeah. Maybe a two parter. So one for, you know, one for the factory pipes and one for the, you know, one for the handmaids. Yeah. Again, you know, again, if I'm a person who is, if I'm helping somebody, like I'm also helping somebody on the back end, the other side, who's been smoking for uh, many, many years, decades, but wanted to get into some larger pipes, believe it or not, <laughs> magnum-sized pipes. And, um, you know, he knew me, and he, he's been asking me questions, and I've been giving him guidance. The key always, Brian, the key, is, no matter what it is, it's always like, the, the I'll start with the visual. So the visual has got to be, got to be what appeals to you now the other the more important thing though is let's take seven le pipes which are offer a range of pipes from let's say they're due with the oros which go for could go up to 1200 bucks but most of them are less to uh to the lower end and then they got the rossi pipe which is like they're, they're sort of a parker pipe yeah to them parker to dunhill um, and so the question also, first thing is, 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 is I would say, you know, you got to figure out, you know, do you like the pipe with it? But we haven't really discussed price range. Yeah. No, so, let's just say you're walking, you're walking around and you see a pipe that you like, but you don't know, you don't have any personal experience with that, with that brand yeah. or that line. Yeah. So I would, I, the first thing I do is I'd pick, you know, if I was walking around again, I would pick that pipe up and start looking at it. And, I, and I'm looking, if I'm looking at, let's say, a, a $50 pipe or a $100 pipe or a $150 pipe or whatever it is, um, I'm looking for, again, make sure that the drilling is good. I always carry a pipe cleaner with me, so I'm always looking to see if I can get the pipe cleaner through. Sometimes pipe cleaners need to be bent slightly or twisted around or whatever it is that that doesn't bother me. Um, it might bother you, though. Yeah. So, for instance, it might bother you that you can't get a pipe cleaner through it just by putting it in and just slipping it down. Well, then that pipe's going to bug you. I'm looking to see the placement of the pipe. I'm looking at the lip itself. 
And I remember I was talking, there's one maker who I will not mention who doesn't do a very good job on their lips. <laughs> um, they're well known, but they just don't. And they've never, and I, a friend of mine got a pipe in a shape that he really liked. Really liked. And I said, you know, that's worthwhile, but, and he ordered it and he paid the price. And then he had, then he had to go and he had to work on the lip because it was rough and he had to sort of sand it down himself. He's a good craftsman, so there was no issue. But, you know, the thing is that, that I don't want to be dealing with that. If I, if I'm buying a pipe, I just want to be able to buy it and smoke it. Yeah. So, so I'm looking for also the thinness. How thin do you like your lips? Mm-hmm. How thick do you like them? I, I prefer uh, actually a thicker lip than some do. I prefer a thicker stem than some do. But you know, if you like, if you have a if you have a pipe that's the most beautiful pipe in the world, but the stem, the lip is thick, and the stem is too thick, and that you can't hold it in your mouth, it's like buying a pair of shoes that are half a size too small. See, I eight hundred dollars shoes, but that you can't wear. I have that same problem with uh some with most of the current production costello uh yeah i think their stems have gotten too thick and their lips are are very thick and rounded and not functional for my personal style very true very true on certain shapes though like if you buy a levat uh or, or or other shapes some smaller shapes their stems are not that bad but, but a lot of people have said that to me. You know, they, they don't like the thicker lip on the Costello and the thicker stem. And to me, uh, that's something that I, doesn't bother me. I sort of like it in many cases because of how I hold the pipe, how I keep it in my mouth, uh, you know. But, again, that would be a turnoff. Yeah. And if that's the case and that, and, the, and that bothers you, see, the key is to also to if something bothers you from the beginning. So let's say you see a beautiful pipe. Uh, you, you like a sort of a bent author shape and it's a 327 Ellie shape and there's a lot of them like that and, and, you, and you pick up that pipe and let's assume that we what we haven't done is we also haven't talked that's what I'm talking about sandblasts and cars we haven't talked about smooth lower end pieces because many times those pieces have fills in them now yeah. a fill is not necessarily a horrible thing you know, it's just that if, I mean, if it's, if it's on the bowl, it's not that deep. The bottom line is that, uh, it's not going to impact the smoke of the pipe. However, it may impact the, the look of the pipe. Cause as you know, as you smoke it, the pipe's going to darken. Even if it's a very dark color, it's still going to change a little bit of color, but those flaw, those fills will never change color. And if that's going to bother you, you know, so, so it sounds kind of wacky to say this, but placement of a fill also might determine whether or not I would be picking up a low-end smooth pipe. And what I mean by that is that the fill is right in the middle of the side of the pipe. Every time you look at it, you're going to see that fill. <laughs> but if it's on the bottom of the pipe, maybe that won't bother you so much. Or if it's on the bottom of the stem or it's on, I'm in the shank or it's on the side of the shank, maybe that won't bother you too much. But, you know, if a fill itself bothers you, then I say stick with the lower-end pipe that's a carved pipe or a sandblasted pipe. And the chances of, of fills, or even if they do have fills, that you can see them, is de minimis. Or it may be, you know, maybe where you just develop a uh, price threshold for a pipe that can have a fill or a pipe that shouldn't have a fill. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point because... You know, when you're, when you're talking about, but again, I got into this discussion the other night with some folks, and I don't particularly like to have the uh, the uh, briar fill, I mean the uh, putty fill versus the glue fill, because even, even the very high-end pieces could possibly have some kind of, like, imperfection in the surface, and they, they use, a, like, a little bit of clear glue to smooth it out. I mean, these are all the things... I'm talking about perceptible things. Yeah. Like if it's done properly, 
you know, as they, as they say, uh, one guy said, if I can't see it, it doesn't exist. Well, yeah, that's true. I guess you can say that. <laughs> but, but you know, you mentally you might say, but you're relying on the, on the, uh, on the you know, what the maker describes. But the thing is, again, if you buy a pipe and it's a Costello and you spend 500 bucks, 600 bucks, 700 bucks, they, they don't have fills the smooth ones, but they might have sand spots also. So that's another issue. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like if a pipe has a deep, look, if a pipe has a deep sand spot, it's going to bug me. But if a pipe has a little bit of sand here and there, it doesn't bother me as much. You know, if we're talking about a $2,000 pipe, it's probably going to bug me a lot if there's a lot of sand. Aha. <laughs> uh -huh. So there is a dollar <laughs> amount towards your annoyance. Yes. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. But it in general, though, if you're, you know, let, let's just say that somebody is uh, somebody is looking at a new at a new pipe maker or a pipe, uh, a pipe maker that they have no personal experience with. I mean, just by looking at the pipe online. Yeah. You want to look for, you know, is is that is that pipe within price of your tolerance for sandblast is, you know, uh, you, you develop all these, um, I guess you develop all these parameters of where you put your value personally. And then you go from there and you just kind of start applying those towards other pipe makers uh, until you get to some of the few exceptions, like J.T. Cook, where his sandblasts sell for more than his smooth pipes do, mm -hmm. uh, you know, or you get to some of the other exceptions, like with uh, you know with Dunhill, where I don't know, you'll you'll know this better than I will, but I think the old shell briars actually sell for you know sell better and than the old smooth briers because those old briers were just dark and ugly uh <laughs> you're, you're right to a certain degree i mean um you know you know the 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 uh the the, the question the question basically like if you're dealing with a newer pipe maker so let's let's sort of slip back into that i had a a discussion with a with a pipe collector who collects very high end pipes, among other things. And we were talking. He's a younger guy than me. We were talking about value. And his his concern was, you know, how can a pipe, young pipe maker charge X dollars or lesser known? <laughs> oh, and boy. this could be as much as like a Costello or as much as a Top Altang or something. The very very best of whatever it is. And he was upset about it and he, he said he's talked to some pipe makers and says, well you're comparing yourself to then this guy a, a top pipe maker if you're charging this much you're saying you're as good as he is are you as good as he is and i just view that as somewhat uh i mean it's a sort of a confrontational thing which <laughs> I, I wouldn't do but yeah i'm a firm believer in that first of all a younger pipe maker or any pipe maker can charge whatever they want. There's no, there's no constraints. I mean, I remember years ago, Michael Parks was a very well-known pipe maker, and he's a great pipe maker, and I have a lot of his great pipes. Um, he always charged a lot right from the beginning. Yeah, I remember. I remember they came to a show, and there was a smooth. This was years ago, and it was like, who is this guy? Five hundred dollars for a smooth, this smooth. It was the darker stained or whatever it is, and I'm saying to myself, "Who is this guy?" But he viewed his, he valued his work at what he thought it was appropriate, and people bought him and they liked him. So, so that's what I say. I say to people, you know, you have to figure out what's comfortable for you. And if, for instance, you have a choice between getting a Costello for five hundred bucks or an unknown. Artisan for 500 bucks and you like the unknown artisan piece and you think it's going to smoke well, well, maybe you would do it. But before I would do that, as I would begin to inquire, I would ask you, Brian, Hey Brian, do you know this guy? Yeah. Have you tried his work? You know, anybody who smoked a pipe of his, 
because I wouldn't want to spend, say, four or five hundred bucks on an unknown maker and discover, yeah, it looked good, but man, it's a bad smoke. <laughs> now, now there's a there's a couple of things that I've kind of developed <laughs> over the years that as I'm as I'm at a pipe show and I get a chance to see a brand new, you know, the first time I get to touch a pipe maker's pipes, um, a couple of things that I look at is, you know, how does the fit between the stem and the shank feel? Uh, you know, can I, can I tell that there's much of a difference? You really shouldn't be able to tell. It should be kind of, it should be one continuous thing all the way. Unless you're dealing with a sandblast, then you're going to feel a little bump up. But, you know, can you see, if you hold it up to the light, can you see daylight between the stem and the shank? Right. That's probably a pretty bad thing right there. Mm. Uh, I know what I like for stems. So, and I've talked about it before. I like a pronounced button, you know, that's somewhat pronounced, but I also like the flat spot behind it because of the way I hold the pipe. And I can replicate that with my fingers. So I can feel with my fingers if that stem is going to work for my style. Um, yeah, with, without getting into any kind of aesthetics of shape and design, you know, there's design things that I like better than uh, shape design tweaks that I like better than what other people, you know, that, that other people do. And there are some design tweaks that I can't stand. Um, I, mm -hmm. I don't know. The, the one that irritated me the most recently was I saw a absolutely gorgeous pipe, but it had like a half inch long total stem and it went, it just looked like somebody had smushed a stem on the end and there was no way in hell it was going to work for me. Uh, and I looked at that and I thought, well, that's the dumbest looking thing I've ever seen, but that's a design. Yeah. That's a style choice, right? You know, it's yep. some people love it. Some people don't. Um, and then I've got my finger size that I need the bowl to be in order for it to work for my basic tobaccos. So, you know, my, I need those, I still need those basic dimensions. Um, but the other thing that I like to do, and this I learned over time from, a couple of pipe makers and then one one pipe collector is grab the pipe by the button and let it hang down and see if the pipe maker took the time to make sure that the shank is really done straight is the pipe yeah is the pipe shank even or does it meet up on the bowl high on one side or you know is it shorter on one side and sh than the other you know, that stuff's going to start to bother me because um, then I'm going to look at the pipe and think, well, it's uneven. But you can you can see a lot of stuff just by holding the pipe from the stem and letting it hang down and looking at the bottom of it forward. And as I'm, as I'm modeling this for the audience, which can't see, I just dumped some ash on my desk. So <laughs> don't, try, don't try that at home. Um <laughs> But those are a couple of tricks, and those are all tricks that you can that I can do when I buy a pipe online and get it shipped to me. The first thing I do is I look at it, and of course, yeah, you know, stick a pipe cleaner through it to make sure the pipe cleaner will go through. Um, if those things don't work for me, I send the pipe back to the online retailer, assuming that there's a return policy, uh, which most of them have, but I. It, it, with just a couple minutes left, are there any little any little tricks that you have that you want to pass on is from your many, many, many decades of uh, pipe collecting and pipe touching? No, no. I mean, just so we have discussed again. The but the the, the key to everything is when you first first impressions, in my opinion, mean a lot in pipes. Maybe not in people, but in pipes, they mean a lot. So what I found is, is that if, if a pipe, the first impression of the pipe, generally, if there's something bothering me about that pipe, put it down Yeah. for whatever reason, because chances are, if I buy it, when I get it home, it's going to get worse. And I'm going to say, why did I spend my, my cash 
on this pipe, when I knew there was a problem with it, I there was a pipe that was just uh, up a while ago, and that it was a sandblast, but there was some wackiness to the sandblast. If I'm not going to get into too much detail, but it just bothered me. So it was a great shape, though. But I emailed my friend, and I asked him. I said, you know, what do you what do you think? He he knows me very well. He said, well, you know, it's a great piece. And, uh, you know, but I, but if these things are going to, he thought the, 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 the strangest of the blast gave it character, but I, I, but he said, if it bothers you and you know what, it bothered me, the pipe sold and I didn't regret not getting it. So it's that kind of thinking yeah. that, that I'm always, I'm always thinking, I'm always saying, well, first impressions, then looking at the shape, looking at the blast or looking at the smoothness. Like like in a smooth piece, you know, our friend Fred Hanna, he loves the perfect straight grains, but if it isn't so perfect on the front and the back of the bow, it doesn't bother him so much. Because <laughs> you, you can't know? see that far. <laughs> yeah, well, that's probably true. But this also, this, I mean, this also yeah. kind of leans into what you were talking about last time you were on, which is, you know, moving up to an artisan pipe. Um, you you know, if you've got pipes to smoke and you're just, and you want a new pipe, don't you, you know, what you're talking about again is don't really settle. Just make sure that whatever you buy is absolutely right for you to the best you can and fine tune those skills over time. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, I was talking to some, uh, another buddy who said, well, you know, you know, he doesn't sell his pipes. He's afraid of making a mistake. But if he regrets selling it or trading it or whatever it is. And I, and I say, look, you know, I mean, I've owned a lot of pipes. <laughs> and, you know, you're going to buy pipes that were great the day you bought them. And a year later, you say, why did I buy this pipe? Or you bought a pipe and uh, 25 years later, you say, boy, am I glad I bought this pipe. You don't really know. You don't really know. Your taste may change over time. I mean, I'm pretty consistent with the large pieces, but there's many large pieces that I bought that over time, they just, eh, they're all right. And a bigger or a better one comes along or something that's more interesting to me. And I say, you know what? I'll smoke this pipe maybe once or twice, but this other new one is exciting to me. So let me, let me move forward and do the exciting thing. So you, so you got to understand that certain things are going to be static. Yeah. Like, for instance, I still have most of my Dunhill Magnums starting back from the 80s. There's a few that didn't work for me. So I said, why am I keeping these? I get rid of them and someone else is enjoying them now. Fine. But the thing is, don't be rigid. Don't think you, you know it all today. You don't think everything's going to be identical today to where it's going to be 10 years from now or whatever. Just do do what do what appeals to you now, with the understanding that you know it might your your taste might change. Now, just want to make one other comment. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, um, there are certain makers that I've never bought uh, the high end, the new pieces. Why? Because I know that I might not like them, but I know the loss on the resale value is going to be so great that it doesn't make any sense to buy them in the first place, even if I really like the pipe. So, yeah. you know, cash, that cash aspect of what you pay for, what, what you may be able to get for it also plays a, plays a certain amount of role in there. And that's but, one of the reasons I kind of limit myself to pre-owned pipes is because if I get one that I don't like, the, you know, the hit to the, the hit to selling it is much less than if it was a brand new pipe and I smoked it and didn't like it. Absolutely. Yeah. Rich, thank you very much for coming on and doing this. Um, I will tell you that Rich has agreed to come back on a semi-regular basis as long as his wife will let him out. Um, so if you've got topics that you would like uh, Rich and I to uh, kind of uh, you know come at it from two different points of view, just let me know and email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Rich, thanks again. My pleasure, Brian, as always. I hope everybody enjoyed this and I enjoyed talking to you as you can tell i like talking about pipes <laughs> and we'll be back in just a minute 
I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. At Cornell & Deal, we think the best things in life are better with age, and we are passionate about creating the best possible pipe tobacco available. Fueled by this passion, we introduced the Cellar Series, a collection of blends like no other. While the blends in this series are ready to smoke now, each one has been meticulously designed to optimize depth and complexity as the tobacco ages in the tin. Currently, the Cellar Series is comprised of Oak Alley, Chenet's Cake, Joie de Vivre, Old Grove, and Bourbon Blue, but we will be unveiling new additions to this very special series as time goes on. Pick up a tin to smoke now and save a few for later enjoyment so that you can experience all the richness and subtlety each blend will reveal through the years. Cornell & Deal's Cellar Series. The secret ingredient is time. Contact your local or online retailer for information. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, if you want more, uh, if you have a topic or a subject, remember, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com, and we'll put, it on the, uh, we'll put it on the agenda, or as the Brits say, the schedule. All right, for music, uh, by suggestion from uh, Jess Steer, this is a band called Jamestown Revival. And it's a song called uh, Mayday Man uh, from their brand new album, San Isabel. Listen to the lyrics in here. A lot of good, a lot of good life lessons. One, two, three. I took a stairway straight to the top. I kept on climbing, I never stopped to smell the rose But that's just the way it goes I made a dollar, I tasted blood I needed water, I found a flood, oh my And I almost drank enough to die to my John boat out to sea and the waves grew high S.O.S. now, can you help me? I'm taking water on just about as fast as I can Could you lend me your hand? S.O.S. how can you help me? I asked myself, how could anybody else understand? This wasn't part of my plan. I do the best that I can. Mayday man. Thought it was easy. I'd seen it done. Thought it would please me. To make it to the other side But I wasn't ready for the ride I felt the thunder Rip through my sail It took me under I swallowed by a well Oh my I guess he saw that weakness in my Took me right on out to sea And the waves grew high S.O.S. now, can you help me? I'm taking water on just about as fast as I can Could you lend me your hand? S.O.S. how can you help me? I ask myself, how could anybody else understand? This wasn't part of my plan I do the best that I can Mayday man S.O.S. now, can you help me? I'm taking water on just about as fast as I can 
Jamestown Revival doing Mayday Man. Um, I wonder if that's why Rich smokes such big pipes, because if he's flooding, he can use it as a raft. Maybe. Don't know. Master, I have mail for you. And remember, mailbag comments or questions, you can email them directly to me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at PipesMagazine.com, or post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on Pipes Magazine. Uh, just like uh, Dean, uh, just like Casey Ghost did here, uh, he said uh, regarding last week's show, it was nice to kind of open the show with a Q&A from some readers. The new segment on the show sounds interesting. I don't consider myself a tobacco nerd, but finding, about, finding out about the steps in blending could be interesting. Uh, the interview with Andrew Knapp was interesting. Now, I don't think much of Washington politicians, and I don't understand how you can get a degree in philosophy and politics. I mean, come on. Politics is a game you play where the only rule is cheat until you win. Uh, there isn't much there to philosophize over. Uh, about the only thing I see this guy doing that is productive is working in a smoke shop in the evenings. The guy has definitely seen a good part of Europe and Western Asia. The music was terrible, and I loved it. <laughs> Vincent could carry a tune which helped. He has such a nice voice. Do people under 40 know who he is? <laughs> uh, do you people under 40 know who Vincent Price is? Anybody? No? <laughs> I just He's just got a great voice. And then uh, Steve Davenport wrote, uh, Once again, your rant was spot on. Never fails every year that Halloween falls on Sunday through Thursday. Some well-meaning parents puts a post up on our subdivision Facebook page asking what night a trick-or-treat will be. Every year I have to restrain myself from replying what night is Halloween on, dumbass. <laughs> uh, suck it up or trick-or-treat or don't or don't. Reality check. It's getting darkish by 5.30 here and most everyone is done by 8.30. Is 8.30 too late for your little kitties? Yeah. That's my... Um, you know, that's my feeling exactly. Hey, when, you know, back in our days, uh, you know, we trick-or-treated on whatever the weather was, and that's the way it went. Uh, real quickly, if you get a chance, go over to PipesMagazine.com because uh, a couple of returnees are back. Uh, Romeo Wood, E. Roberts, is back writing and uh, has an article on Cornell and Deal. Uh, Greg Pease is back with a Confessions of a Coffee Drinker article. Uh, it's nice to see Greg back in writing there. Uh, and Fred Brown has uh, yeah, an Upstart Crows Mincer experience. Uh, with a, It's a nostalgic pipe story. And then Old Hollywood Briar, a true Halloween story, the end of Latakia. Yeah, what would happen if Latakia ended? And uh, while you're over there, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram, and you will see uh, that uh, this past weekend... Uh, Jody Davis was in town, so we got to hang out with him and then see the show later on. And we actually finally got a picture of us with the whole band. Finally. All right, once again, comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. iTunes, ratings and reviews and all that, much appreciated. And uh, rant time, coming up next. There's nothing quite like a good book. Or my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe. An American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. See for yourself at corncobpipe.com. This is a rant and a rave all at the same time. Why? Because as you heard and uh, and listening to Dan uh, Dan's comments about uh, Vincent Price, 
brought this up to me, but uh, we live in a great age right now because we have all this great music and all this historical music right at our fingertips. We can go on YouTube, we can go on Spotify, we can go on Apple Music, we can go on all these places on the internet, find all this great music, listen to it, find out if we like it. If we don't like it, then it's not great music. Uh, but we have all that at our fingertips. Why? Because of all this modern technology. Uh, but at the same time, it's bad because we have all this great music, but these musicians aren't making any money off of it. Because you know, back in the old days, you had to go, you had, you had to sell a record, and, or uh, you know, you worked in a bar and you got paid for that. Uh, well, now you know you don't have a lot of that anymore because the bars don't want to pay for people to come and perform there, and putting an album out is expensive. Uh, but you have access to all this great music. Unfortunately, the musicians don't make any money off of that stream or that click or that download that you did. So what I like to do is if there's somebody that I really like and I've enjoyed their music, I'll go online to their website, maybe buy their CD or maybe buy a T-shirt or whatever it is. Just something to support these bands because we got to go out there and help them and keep them coming. You know, keep these musicians busy doing music. Uh, but it's a hell of a lot cheaper than remember the old days for those of us old enough. Remember those old days when you had to go to the really big record store back in my days, it was tower records. You had to go to the really big record store and you had to dig around through all the different stacks. And then you had to read the album covers and try to figure out what the music was like. And sometimes you'd buy a record for three or four or $5 and it was terrible. And anyway, now we're in a much better day. So, uh, just support those bands wherever you can. Uh, comments, questions, email me, Brian at pipesmagazine.com and Apple podcasts, iTunes ratings and reviews much appreciated. So please go do those. Thank you very much to uh, rich for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in and until next time. Clouds when we're together. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy Cinnamon Spice is my name when I perform in drag. <laughs>